Hello there, and welcome to the Paranormal Puffin, a Poe and Puffin sideshow. On this episode, I'll be discussing one interesting question. Can children see spirits, and are they better at it than adults? Now, one thing I've noticed, especially after becoming a parent, is that oftentimes uh, children look off and will look like they'll be looking at nothing, like I'll, the I'll see nothing that they're looking at, but it looks like they're intently focused on something. And my wife gets really freaked out about this because she's always been under the impression that children are better at being able to see um, spirits and ghosts and things of that nature than adults, and that children can see things that we can't. And so I've kind of paid attention to this with my own son, and I've kind of noticed that... um, I know there this one area in our house, uh, especially when he was um, an infant and early toddler stages, um, there was one area in the house where he would always just kind of look up and you see his eyes like they're following something, look like he's looking at something, but there wasn't anything there. And my wife always was freaked out about that. She always thought that, you know, he was seeing some kind of spirit or ghost or something. And when uh, he was an infant and he slept uh, in his own room, um, my wife liked having him in the room with us rather than having him in his own room with some kind of monitoring system because she was always freaked out that she would look into the monitoring system and see something with him or see him look like he's interacting with something that we couldn't see. And so... That's kind of intrigued me uh, into thinking that maybe, you know, kids can see uh, more than adults. And I kind of am interested in why that is. And I think back uh, to my own childhood and not necessarily seeing ghosts, but I know one thing um, when I was a kid, uh, especially at night, it would even happen during the daytime in light, but happened more often at night uh, in a dark setting. I could always see like these little floating dots in the room um, a lot of times. And it was just weird because they, they didn't feel like just pieces of light. They felt like they were something. I always thought, you know, there was something uh, sentient about them. And, you know, I spoke to my parents about it once. And they kind of dismissed it as imagination. And then the next time I went to see an optometrist, uh, they asked the optometrist about it, and he explained something. I don't remember what his explanation was, but it was basically, you know, just my eyes um, in the development or something. I'm not real sure. Um, that's been probably 20-something, yeah, over 20 years ago that this occurred. And... Eventually, after that, I started seeing them less, but they've come back, and I've seen them more often. I've seen, I've been seeing them more uh, a lot recently too. Uh, usually at night, these just like floating dots. But one thing I do remember is there was one time um, I woke up and I saw those floating dots, but they actually uh, came together in like. A human sort of shape and floated above me and in the head most of these dots were black when usually 
I'm seeing lots of different colors, uh, lots of blues and greens and purples. But this night, there were all the dots were black except for a few that made two eye kind of shapes in what would have been the head because it was like a human and it just kind of like floated above me and it was really creepy feeling and I just stayed awake all night just watching this thing until eventually it left and it was really creepy and so I think back on that I'm like you know maybe there is something to it maybe there you know younger children are more susceptible to it and so I've done a little bit of research and some of it um, kind of coincided with what I already thought and one theory about it is that you know children haven't been taught that that stuff isn't real I mean I'm not saying it's not real but you know children haven't been taught uh, and influenced by um their culture by a lot of the adult culture that that stuff isn't real they haven't been told no that's not real so they their minds are open to it they haven't shut that off in their brains yet so because they think because they see the stuff and they don't know what it is and so they categorize it as you know, that's what they're seeing. And whether it is or isn't, I don't know. But the thing is, since they haven't, you know, programmed their mind to think that it's illogical to be a ghost or a spirit or whatever, they're open to categorizing that, categorizing it as that. And I don't know, that could be the correct categorization. Because um, I also think, you know, a lot of Western culture kind of is like that. We say, no, this stuff doesn't exist. It's not logical. It's not what we're seeing. Therefore, it's not what we're experiencing. And eventually, we just shut ourselves off to it. We quit being open to it so it doesn't present itself to us. But you think... A lot of times, um, other cultures outside of our own often have, you know, people who are uh, in touch with this um, ghost and spirits or fairies and, you know, elves, whatever other entities there could be. And you think, well, is it reason these other cultures, you know, experience these things, uh, keep close with it in their mythologies and their, you know, and in their culture in general? Is it because they haven't shut themselves off to thinking that's illogical and therefore it, it is logical? And so since they haven't conditioned their minds to think that it's illogical, these things still present themselves to to those people and since children are pretty much an open slate in their mind they're still open to the idea that these things exist and so I think that is definitely one possibility um, some could be 
you know, it's it's just a a very good imagination of the, the child. But like I think that kind of ties in, you know, where does imagination start and where does it end? And in my research, I kind of find some interesting things. There is there does tend to be a spike around Halloween um, for reports of children um, seeing these apparitions and experiencing um, otherworldly experiences. And so it could be that their imagination's being hyped up by a lot of the media, what they're seeing on TV, reading in books, because they're putting their, themselves in that uh, mindset for that particular holiday, which really celebrates, uh, you know, ghosts and ghouls and things. And so they're putting their minds in, you know, and creating that imagination to, to that. But it could also be, I think, you know, they, because they're putting their minds, um, into that mode by, uh, being in, engulfed in extra media that maybe they're, because they're young enough, they're still subconsciously tapping into their, their minds and allowing themselves to be open to it. So it could be part imagination, but it could also be part, you know, allowing themselves to be open. And so... Another thing I saw is that, you know, used to, um, they would think that children, uh, had a difficult time, um, differentiating reality from fantasies, but a lot of recent study shows that children as young as three are actually very good at, uh, telling the difference. I mean, there can still be mistakes in telling a difference, but a lot of times they're actually a lot better than a lot of adults at differentiating reality from fantasy. And they're able to switch between the two very easily. And so, if I think it's reasonable to think if they really believe that they're seeing something otherworldly, some kind of spirit, angel, ghost, whatever it may be, that if they if children are this good at being able to switch between reality and fantasy and they're believing they're seeing this, then I think it's logical in my mind to think that they are experiencing that. And so another interesting thing I found is uh, children their eyes are, they're actually able to see differently, uh, than adults, um, and so this may be something that is allowing them to, you know, see these things, um, one thing that I found is that, you know, adults, uh, they see UV lights between 400 nanometers and 700 nanometers, and light becomes invisible to the human eye between 315 and 400 nanometers. And so we see above that. But children, 
are capable. And I don't know where the age cutoff for this is, um, but younger children can see as low as 380 nanometers. And so they can see part into that uh, range that's invisible to, to most adults. And I know that a lot of times uh, paranormal investigators use UV technology um, to try and catch and show proof of spirits and ghosts and entities because they appear in that lower range of UV light. And so it could be that they do exist, and but because um, of their light patterns, they're below what's capable for most humans. But they're still in that range of what children are able to see because they can see into a lower range of the UV light. And so... I think it's reasonable then that, you know, some spirits, you know, may hang out, you know, just below that 400 nanometer uh, mark that most adults don't see, but most children can see. And so that's why they're able to see it. And so, and that could go into kind of what the optometrist was talking uh, with me and my mom about when I was younger is... That's why I was seeing, that could be related to why I was seeing um, the dots, is because my eyes hadn't um, gotten to the point where they don't see below that 400 range yet. They're I was still in that younger stage of being able to see uh, more on the UV scale. And so, that's why I was seeing that. But that doesn't explain why I felt like these things were sentient in some way. And so, I just think, you know, I was could have been seeing other things. Um, I mean, like I said, they, they could have easily been orbs. Um, I may discuss orbs on another later episode. Cause that's a whole episode's worth going into what orbs are. But that explained a lot of why a lot of times what I saw were blue. Because blue orbs oftentimes relate to calming and so being like calming spirits or some kind of calming energy and like I said a lot of times it was at night when I was seeing them and I was afraid of the dark for a long time and so it makes sense that these blue orbs might come to me at that time because they're there to help me calm so I could get a restful night's sleep and so that could be why I'm seeing I've been seeing them a lot again lately um, is I, I've tried to open myself more to experience these things um, if you listened last episode uh, from last month then you know you know I've experienced um, some things with um, potentially shadow people or extraterrestrials um, some unexplained things there and so since those experiences, I've tried to um, allow my mind to be more open. And that's kind of when I've started seeing these dots or orbs again. And a lot of times they are um, in that blue shade. And so it could be that they're 
trying to help me calm down, and I have a, I've battled with anxiety a lot, and so that would make sense why these calming energies are coming to me, um, are trying to help me battle through that anxiety and calm me down. And so that's interesting. And I've also noticed that has been happening since I've had my child. So you know, could be that. I'm trying to allow myself to be more childlike in some ways so that I can interact with my child better. And so maybe there's some kind of subconscious tap there has allowed me to be more open to these things. And um, another uh, kind of theory about what they're seeing or who they're seeing um, is that children are new to the world and it's possible that you know they themselves just came from the spirit world and so they're still seeing memories of the spirit world or they're still seeing remnants of it as they develop and learn about this new world that they're currently in and I think that that makes a lot of sense to me um if you've ever moved from one place to another, um, you still have memories of the place you came from. And so to leave one world into a new world, it would make sense that, especially while you're still young and impressionable, that you um, are still seeing memories of that old world. And that's what they're seeing. is They may not actually be seeing anything presently. They may be seeing memories or you know, things that they remembered from uh, the spirit world or wherever they were before they came into this world. Um, so that is interesting to me. Um, I did note that a lot of times the thing that uh, one theory on who or what children are seeing is more often than not, it's some relative. Um, that has passed, usually a recent passing as well. And they're there usually to help guide the child or protect the child. And that's what they're seeing. And I noticed that with my son, after my wife's grandmother passed, is he kind of, after that, he kind of had a little spike in um, his imaginary friends. And it could be that his imaginary friends were just his was just how um, his great-grandmother was appearing to him. Uh, she was, you know, just checking in on him and doing so uh, through his imaginary friends. And that, to me, um, is calming. It's a good thing, I think. I mean, I'd rather um, know that it's something good like his great-grandmother looking after him that he's interacting with rather than some unknown entity I mean that's good and like I said it makes sense because there was a spike of it right after she passed so that would make sense to me that that's who he was interacting with through the perception of this imaginary friend And so that's something cool. 
I mean, and it's a way to keep, in a way, to keep those people alive in our minds. Because um, as long as we remember people, they're never truly gone. But in a sense, they're, you actually still know they're actually they're outside of just our memories when you're interacting with them in that way. That's really cool, I think. So, you know, I just found that really interesting. And so, that's about all I have on children seeing ghosts as to what they're seeing or why they're seeing it. Um, if anyone out there has their own theories, uh, I'd love to hear them. Or if you have your own experience of from when you were a kid or of your kids, you know, I'd like to hear them. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, interact with me there. Um, in comments, you know, you can email me at potentpuffin at gmail.com. You know, I'd love to hear these things. Um, or if you have any, uh, you know, just any knowledge, you know, to help me learn more about this, I'd greatly appreciate it. And, you know, yeah. So, I don't think it's, these are necessarily things to be worried about. I think um, they're things to kind of embrace, because, you know, I think it's good that we stay open to these, um, types of experiences, um, I think it helps broaden, um, our understanding of the world and what's going on around us, and so, I think, you know, when interacting with children um, who are ex say they're experiencing things, I think it's important not to just dismiss it. And I think it's good that we try and, you know, not necessarily encourage it, but interact with them in a way that lets them stay open and think for themselves on what are they experiencing and know that what they're experiencing is valid and not just dismiss it because I don't know it may not only cause them to shut down uh, being open to these things but it may also cause you know other developmental issues um, as well I don't know but some of the research I've read kind of suggests that that could be a possibility but in the end I think you know just interact with them, talk to them, find out what these things are, you know, ask them if they're telling them anything, um, see what they're saying. Like, I know for a while, uh, my son had his happy monster, as he called it, and I would talk to him, and I'd have, be like, hey, what does the happy monster say? And he would tell me stuff, and it was never really anything bad. Um, a lot of times it was just, you know, well, he had his happy monster, and for a little bit, he had, um, in another room, there was a grumpy monster, I think is what he called it, but his happy monster, um, kept that away, and the grumpy monster didn't stay around long, because the happy monster got rid of it, and so I found that interesting, I mean, some of that could be, I don't know, it could be imagination, it could be, you know, he's actually... Uh, being a part of something. I don't know. But I thought that's interesting. And, 
you know, I don't just shut it down that, you know, I let him, you know, experience and I interact with him to make sure that it's nothing uh, bad or dangerous for him. Um, and eventually, you know, I haven't heard much from the happy monster lately. Uh, kind of, it's past, so I don't know. It, but it's something interesting that he's experienced, and it's something that it's a good memory that I'll hold on to as he gets older. And I don't know, maybe he'll, uh, when he's older, he may tell me more about it, or it may fleet from his memory as he gets older. I don't know. But it's still something to hold on to as a memory um, of when he was a kid. But yeah, like I said, if you have any uh, thoughts or, you know, experiences along children experiencing or seeing things of another world, you know, I'd like to hear it. Like I said, you can email me at potentpuffin at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter, interact with me there, or leave comments on my YouTube videos, whatever. I'd love to hear your input. And I will catch you all on the next episode of Paranormal Puffin. And also check out my weekly Potent Puffin as well if you want to just get a little insight into my weekly life. And I'll catch y'all next time.